Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Mel. You are so welcome. Can everybody give it up for your amazing pastor? We love Mel and Paul Marshall. So good to see Emma and Gareth as well. They, they were in Sydney once upon a time, and they're off to the UK. Everyone say no. Well, we're very excited for you. It's going to be amazing. Can I get you to do, can you stand up with me one more time? I know, sorry, it's good for your quads. Uh, it's good for your legs. It's keeping you fit. It's very cold. I'm from Sydney, and I mean, Sydney's not that far away, but Jesus, it's really cold here. <laughs> I got up really early, and uh, it is now colder than it was at 5.30 a.m. So I, I don't know what happened. It got colder as the sun rose. So uh, why don't you reach your hands out to God? Can you do that with me? It's a great honor and privilege to be with you. If you're online, put down the coffee, reach your hands out to God this morning, and let's Let's just draw near to God for one more moment. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're alive. Jesus, you're alive. Holy Spirit, you're alive. You're not dead. You're not dormant. You're not in decline. You're not on the back foot, Lord. You're alive. And we thank you, Jesus, if you're alive, your church is alive. We thank you, Jesus, you're the head of the church. And the head is connected to the body. And so we thank you, Jesus. Whatever is in you is in us. And so we thank you, Spirit of God. Burn like a fire in us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're not fire. You're a person, but you're like fire. We thank you, Holy Spirit. You are co-equal God. We thank you, Holy Spirit. You're not junior Jesus. You're not, you're not one under. You're not the third person ranked third. Lord, Holy Spirit, you are God, and we honor and love you as God, and we welcome you as God, and we thank you as Jesus was to the disciples, so the Holy Spirit is to the church. We are not alone. We are not abandoned. We are not on our own. We have the Holy Spirit guiding us, speaking to us, helping us, strengthening us, setting us alight, setting us aflame. And we thank you, Lord, for the spirit of prayer in this church. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit of prayer in C3 Watson. We thank you for the spirit of prayer in Pastor Mel. Pastor Paul, we thank you, Lord, that prayer, 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 deep prayer. I see this word over you, Mel, prayer. I see deep wells of prayer. And I see that in this hour, God is not requiring us to dig new wells. He's asking us to unblock existing wells. The wells of faith, the wells of prayer, the wells of connection with God. It is not about digging new wells. It is about unblocking existing wells. And so we thank you, Lord. Let prayer rise. God, let prayer unblock every well of faith, every well of trust. God, every well of intimacy with you. Lord, let the oil of the Holy Spirit pour over us that we would be anointed anointed, the enabling power of God would be upon us. We aren't here to play church, Lord. We're not here to check a box, do religion. We need your anointing. We thank you, Lord, anointing. Church, anointing is not something you take. Anointing is something you come under. It's actually a posture you come under. So, Lord, we humble ourselves 
before you today. We thank you that you are King, you are Lord. We come under your authority. We thank you, Jesus Christ, you are the anointed one. And your anointing, your enabling power pours out over us to be good parents. Anointing is never just for tingles. Anointing is for an assignment. It's for a purpose. And so, Lord, we thank you for the purpose. We thank you for the gifts that you've put in this room, spiritual gifts in every person in this room, callings and assignments and purposes, Lord. You want your church empowered. And we think it's not dependent on a microphone or a platform. You don't need a microphone to be used by God. All you need is to respond to Him come under His authority, say yes to God, and He will empower you in whatever sphere you're in. I believe it is the hour for the empowered church like we've never seen before, that we're not waiting. You don't need to wait for a microphone. Please do not wait for a microphone. Go and be an accountant living for the kingdom of God every day of your life. Go and change Canberra with the light of the gospel that lives in you, that is upon you, that God is with you. So we thank you for it, Lord. Oh, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Thank you for C3 Watson and all you're doing and all you're going to do in this hour in Jesus' name. They all said, amen. amen. Can you put your hands together? Come on. Coming online, even you. Yes, put your hands together. All right, be seated, be seated. Say hello to somebody as you sit down. Just say hi. Like I said, it's a great honor to be here. We love Paul and Mel Marshall. They're heroes of ours. Give it up for Mel one more time. We love you. You're doing such an amazing job. Uh, my wife, Jessen, um, we've been married for six years this year. Uh, we have a son. We have one son. He's one. Um, and we are celebrating the fact that in the last five nights, he has slept the whole night through, everybody. Oh my gosh, I am a different person. I am a new creature in Christ because I had a full night's sleep. He slept 13 hours. That's remarkable. Um, so pray for us that that continues forevermore um, with all our other children one day. Um, but it is great. It's also good to be good. Uh, good to be good. It is good to be good. It's good to be among um, another Arsenal supporter. Are there any anybody like soccer around here? Anybody? A few people. Um, Tim, the tall man Taylor, we love Tim. And uh, he goes for Arsenal, I go for Arsenal. I don't want to know the score because there was a game overnight. But one thing we do need to do, everybody, is pray for Manchester United supporters. Does anyone, anyone support? We're praying for you, bro. Everyone reach out your hands. Manchester United lost 4-0 to Brentford. I didn't want to make it about that, but I wanted to say we love you. If you support Manchester United, we're praying for you. And uh, it's really good. Jesse, our youth pastor, is here. He, he supports Chelsea. So pray for him anyway for that. But he is an amazing youth pastor. And it's great to have him here. Okay, we're going to talk about freedom. Are you ready? Can you thank the band? Band, you may leave. Get out of here. Go sit down. Okay, um, so we're talking about freedom. And here's the thing I think that's interesting about freedom is you can, be, uh, you can be externally free yet feeling like you're in a prison. And you can be in a prison but be internally free. 
I mean, I've seen people who are in an environment that is restrictive, yet they have freedom on the inside. And we live in a world that would tell you freedom is something that you get on an external, circumstantial basis. But the great news about Jesus Christ is that you can be in any situation and still have freedom because freedom is not based on your circumstances. Freedom is based on Jesus Christ who lives in you. And that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I don't know if you've heard about the story of Paul and Silas. Have you heard of them? Anybody you heard of Paul and Silas? So one time they were in a prison and they were in the center of the prison. So they weren't just in one of the prison dorms, whatever you're called. Paul and Silas were literally locked down, could not go anywhere, and things were not great. Yet, in a prison, they start singing songs of worship. Paul turns to Silas and says, hey, you know, like, what should we do right now? And Silas is like, well, you know, we're ruined. Paul says, you know what we should do right now? We should start singing. If I was Silas, I'd be like, shut up, Paul. We should not be singing. We should be crying. But they had something to draw from. That was not about what was happening around them. This is the gospel. This is the reality. That no matter, sometimes life sucks. If you have ever experienced pain or suffering, if you are experiencing pain or suffering, if you haven't, one day you will experience pain or suffering. But the thing about pain and suffering, Jesus never promised there wouldn't be pain or suffering, but he promised that in me you will have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but in me you will have peace. And so God actually wants us to know that, look, if you are experiencing pain or suffering, guess what? God's not angry at you. It's not God punishing you. It's not because you're this bad person. You know what it is? It's because you're human. You are human. But the beauty of Christianity is that I have Christ in me and he is the hope of glory no matter what is happening around me. And so we, we want to know freedom. Here's the thing. Uh, turn to Galatians 5 verse 1. It says, for freedom, everyone say freedom. freedom. Come on, say it like you mean to say freedom. 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 For freedom, Christ has set us free. For freedom. So what is the reason Christ has set you free? It is for freedom. It's so that you would be free. It's not so you would do something for him, it's so that you would be free. And then out of that freedom, freely we worship, freely we give, freely we serve, freely we know Christ. Freedom is actually the goal. How's everyone doing? You're doing it right? Freedom is what God wants for you. And religion will always come to rob freedom. Religiosity will always come to bring rules when God brought the Spirit. And the Spirit of God is what guides us. The Holy Spirit leads us. The Holy Spirit, when the Spirit of God is in you, out of your life will flow fruit. It was so good to talk to my new friend, Paul. Give it up for Paul, everybody. He's got his whole family here. They walk down the road. So good to see you. Sorry, where was I? Stop interrupting me, Paul. Um, 
freedom, freedom is what God wants for you. So, so you should have an expectation that God wants you free. God wants you free. God does not want you stuck, blocked up, restricted. God wants you free. And that's why He's given us the Holy Spirit. Because wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay, I, my son, he's one. Like I said, I want him to be free. Right? I want him to be, I want him to be bold. I want him to be confident in who he is. I want him to live a great life, not worrying what people think. Not living kind of stuck, living small, miserly. I want him to live a big spirited life. I want him to have freedom on the inside. I want him to freely love life and freely serve God and freely do whatever God has called him to do. This is what God wants for you. And that's what I want for my son. And I'm evil. Compared to God, God is perfect. And God wants you to be free. Turn to someone and say, God wants me free. Tell him, tell him, God wants me free. Okay, so for freedom, Christ, everyone say Christ. Christ has set us free. And then says, Paul says, continuing Galatians, he says, stand firm therefore. And Paul is saying this intentionally because often what was happening in New Testament churches was old religious culture was in Invading what was actually being brought through the gospel. And they started in the gospel, they started in freedom, but were finding themselves going back into old religious behavior. And so Paul is saying, stand firm then in the freedom that has been given. For freedom Christ has, past tense. Past tense, thank you, Jesus. Not something he's gonna do, something he's done. Are you waiting on freedom that's already been given? Are you waiting for God to do something that's already done? When Jesus died on the cross, guess what happened? He, he was on the cross and this is what he said. He did not say, to be continued. Right? He said, it is finished. Freedom, the, the price for your freedom is done. You have freedom. It has been given by the blood of the Lamb, by the work of the cross, not by your good works, not by your good ideas, not by how high you raise your hands in worship, not by anything you do. You have freedom, not because of you, but in spite of you, you have freedom because of Jesus Christ. The King of kings and the Lord of lords died on the cross so that you can have freedom. It is already done but you must stand firm in what has been done. And then it says, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. To a yoke of slavery. Listen to me. The only way, listen, the only way the enemy has any power to enslave you is because you allow it. It's because you've allowed it. It's because I've allowed it. Do not submit again. The only way the enemy has any power in our life is if we submit to the lies of the enemy. If we submit to God, can resist the devil and he will flee from us. But here's the thing about submitting. 
Uh, you know that, that scripture in James 1, submit to God. We all know that, right? We all know, resist the devil. We all know this, right? Pentecostal church, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You're amazing. You're so powerful. Resi I resist you, devil. Go away. But what we forget is that prior to resisting the devil, we must submit to God. Listen to me. The enemy is not afraid of you. He's afraid of Jesus. So you don't have any authority on your own. You don't. You have authority because of what you're under. If you are under the authority of Jesus, you are fully standing in the completed work of the cross and the enemy has no say on your life. Life has no say on your life, but you only are there if you are submitted to God. So it means I need to submit to God first. And this is really important because what I want you to catch today is that Jesus is a king, okay? Jesus is your friend, yes. I'm sure that Jesus is really nice. Like, like I'm sure he, when he was walking the earth, I'm sure he walked the earth, he's a really nice guy, you know? And um, if he's just nice though, like the other day I went to the physiotherapist and um, she was helping me out of knee injury and she was helping, helping me and she said, so what do you do for work? I said, I'm a pastor. She went, <gasps> that is so nice. Christians are so nice. You know, they go to church, it's a really nice place. It's lovely, it's really nice. And why is she saying that I vomited in my mouth? Because if it's just nice, trust me, when Jesus walked the earth, he wasn't just high-fiving everybody. Hey, you know. You know, some people say I look like Catholic Jesus, you know. It wasn't just high-fiving, like just, hi, everybody, so nice to see you. He wasn't just, it wasn't just this PR thing for God, right? When Jesus walked the earth, blind eyes opened. Religious demons were stirred up in people. People questioned, people flocked. It shook the place up. It was not just nice, it had power. Jesus has power. God has all authority and it's in Christ. Jesus is not just a nice guy and it's in Christ. He's a king. John 12, verse 12, it says, the next day the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king, everyone say king, of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Here's the thing about Jesus. You need to understand who he is. Jesus, you cannot be on the fence when it comes to who Jesus is. 
church, either he is completely mad or he is the son of God. He can't be just a nice guy. You cannot read the gospel and read about Jesus and conclude that he is a nice guy. He is crazy. What he asks of the church, what he says about himself. One time he said, I am the way. He didn't say I am a way. He didn't talk about relative truth. He talked about I am the truth. He said, I am the way. He said, I am the life. Who says that? Either a completely crazy person or God. You cannot be in between when it comes to who Jesus is. And the greatest question you could ever ask or discover is who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? When someone, you know, like maybe you've got a friend in your world and, and you're uh, helping them come to know God, do you know the greatest thing you can do is help them work out who Jesus is? Don't answer all their questions. Help them ask a better question. Revelation is always on the other side of the right question. Jesus said to the disciples, who do people say that I am? Was that because he didn't know? Like, guys, I've forgotten who I am. Help! He asked them because revelation is always in the context of a question. So Jesus asked the question, who I am? And God gave them the revelation in the midst of the question. The greatest thing we can do is help people understand Be Jesus. You can be like him. You can be a little version of him, but you are not him. You are not the savior. Stop it. Let Jesus be Jesus. Help other people find him. Don't be Jesus. Be like John the Baptist. Prepare the way for people. I, I the other day, I was walking the beach where we live, and I was saying it was Easter. And I was saying, this is quite a while ago, actually. Um, but I was... I was, I was asking the Lord, I have this friend, he walks the beach, his name is Gus. And I said to God, I said, all right, God, if you bring Gus along, I'll invite him to Easter. As I am walking, Gus appears next to me. I'm not even joking. I'm walking and he's like, hey. I'm like, ah! Not now, Lord. I'm in at the end of the walk, you know. And so I, I said, oh, you know, Gus, I've been, I've been thinking of you. And, you know, praying for you. I'm wondering if you'd like to come to my church and come and be a part of Easter. He said, oh, no, no, no. I was like, wow, this is going really well. <laughs> no, no, no. He said, he said I, I, I grew up and I, I know about God. I grew up in church. And, but I, I'm a scientist now. I'm a scientist now. I don't need God. I said, that's very interesting, Gus. I said, Gus, as a scientist, how can you explain that Jesus died and rose again from the grave? How do you explain that? He said, what? I said, do you know that it is a fact? Church, our faith, telling people the Bible says is not the greatest thing we stand on. The Bible says is not the rock we stand on. It is actually the event that Jesus rose from the grave. It's never been done before, never gonna be done before, done again. It's Jesus' death and resurrection 
that everything rests on. If that doesn't happen, Jesus is just a madman. But if it happened, and it's a historical fact that it did, you can stand confidently on your faith and simply help. So I said, Gus, I just think all you need to answer is who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Guess what? He didn't come to church, but I see him pretty much every day. And I talk to him about it every day. So who do you think Jesus is, Gus? The other day, I was talking to my home loan guy. I just wanted to talk to him about my finances. And he says, oh, I saw that you're a pastor. He said, I'm doing some research on religions at the moment. Tell me about yours. I said, Terence, all that matters is answering this question. Who is Jesus? You need to know who Jesus is, and we are here to help other people know who Jesus is. What is this all about? Why are we gathered? Why are we worshiping? Why would we spend the time doing what we're doing? It's all about Jesus. It's as simple as who is Jesus. And the thing the church needs to know afresh is that Jesus is a king. He is not a Sunday accessory that you fit in your handbag. He is a king. And this king has a kingdom. And this king is not safe. He will bring comfort, but do not think that this king wants you to have comfort all the time. He will comfort you, but he will ask you to be uncomfortable for him. The Spirit of God comforts us, but the Spirit of God will push us into uncomfortable places. Jesus is a king and he's building a kingdom. And he didn't come to take down Rome. He came down to take down sin and death. And when he arrived on the scene, the, the Jewish community were so excited because they were saying, yes, we're now going to destroy the Romans. We're going to be free from Rome. But Jesus came to set them free from something far greater. He came to set them free from sin and death. And this is what this king does. When you know King Jesus and you live under his rule and reign, freedom is your reality. You can literally be living a life with God, but not be experiencing the freedom that comes with his kingship in your life. He can be your savior, but my question is, is he your Lord? You don't experience his dominion in your life until he is Lord. He will be your savior, but you will not walk in freedom until he is the final authority over your life. If you want real freedom, you need Jesus to really be your king. Really be your king. Here's how you know. You ready? And then I'm done. Everyone all right? Here's how you know that Jesus is your king. Number one, he has moved from savior to Lord. David said like this in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Beautiful passage of scripture. But listen to what David said. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Before he is shepherd, first he is Lord. You do not experience the shepherding hand of God unless he is Lord. You will not find yourself in green pastures and walking beside still waters unless he is Lord. Is he Lord? Or is he just a, a Sunday experience? When he is Lord, everything that he is, you will come under. 
have you moved from Savior to Lord? Real freedom in the kingdom looks like submission. It doesn't look like doing whatever you want. It doesn't look like many options. I mean, on the Northern beaches, there's so many kids with so many options and they are so stuck in life. They have more options than anybody, yet they are stuck. I know kids that have no options and they're free. Real freedom looks like surrender. Second thing you know that Jesus is Lord is that He has moved to first place. First. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first, when? First, His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added. Scary to think that you could spend your whole life trying to earn things that God could have added if you had put Him first. Scary to think that you could literally pursue things for all your life. And these things that you thought were the priority were actually simply things God can add at any time. Seek first. When? First. What is the tithe about? What is our giving about? It's about first. It's about first. It's about putting God first in our finances. It's about giving Him the throne. Last way you know, and I'm done, is he can disagree with you. You know that Jesus is your king, because here's the deal, he's king either way. If he's your king, it doesn't stop him being king or making him king. It's just whether he's your king. It's up to you. He is a king and he will come back one day. He will return in glory as a king and he will establish a new heaven and a new earth. And on that day, whether he is your king, that's when it matters. But whether he is your king doesn't make him king. He's a king all on his own. But is he your king? You know he's your king because he can disagree with you. You know he's your king because sometimes the truth hurts and you will agree with the truth over your truth. You'll submit to His truth above your truth. And sometimes that hurts. Sometimes it makes us even feel bad about ourselves. But honestly, in Western society, our commitment to self-esteem has become too great. We need a great commitment to growth in Christ because sometimes the truth, it hurts, but it's good for you. It's like medicine for your soul. And you need a king. You don't need someone who just does what you want him to do. He's not here to do your bidding. You're here to do his bidding. He's the king. I'm a senior pastor now, but I am not the king in my church. Jesus is the king. He is the Lord. And I'm submitted to his authority and I'm submitted to his leadership and I'm submitted to what he wants for his church. He is the chief shepherd. And I believe in this hour, Jesus wants his church back. He is king but is He yours? Watch what happens in your life. Watch what freedom you live in when Jesus is your King. Can you close your eyes? Bow your heads. Maybe you're here today. There's two scenarios here. Maybe you've been walking with God for a long time, but He has been replaced on the throne of your life. Maybe it's money. 
Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's people's opinion. Something has occupied the throne of your heart. And maybe you need to put Jesus back on the throne. Maybe you're here today and you are far from God. Not that you are far from God. God is really close. He's actually just one turn away. But you feel far from God. Here's the truth. Without Jesus, there is eternal separation from God. But here's grace. Jesus came and died in your place and took your sin so that you could be reconciled to the Father. If you need to put your faith in Jesus, we're going to say a prayer. When we say this prayer, I just want you to raise your hand if that's you today. Just raise your hand, just so I can see. And we're going to lead you in this prayer. I'll count to three, then raise your hand, and then we're going to say a prayer together, and then I'm done. If that's you today, count to three. One, two, three. Who is there today? Maybe you're online. Let us know in the chat if you need to put your faith in Jesus thank you I see that hand anybody else thank you I see that hand anybody else saying that's me I must be saved I must turn to Jesus I must turn to Jesus We're going to say this prayer together. I'll give you the words. We're going to say this prayer. A prayer of salvation. A prayer of accepting Christ. See, we go. Say it with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. I turn from sin. I turn to you. I receive forgiveness. I receive salvation. And I receive a new beginning. In the mighty name of Jesus. They all said, Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.